Typically, the cells in our body replicate at a normal rate. They regenerate themselves. They divide. And autoimmunity or cancer, they're dividing like crazy. Going, 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 going nuts. That's why you feel so bad. There's this drive of overdrives going on. Hi there. I'm Kelly Tennant, and welcome to The Platform Podcast, where we get real so you can be well. Each week, I sit down to have authentic conversations with the leading voices in health and wellness to help you detox your life and give you the tools to feel your best and most vibrant self. My guests are here to educate you on the latest healing remedies, ancient wisdom, and alternatives to the traditional path. I've personally curated the platform to elevate your mind, body, and spirit. Hi there. I hope you all had an amazing Thanksgiving. I know I did. And I just want to say I'm so grateful for each and every one of you for being here with me on this journey and probably bloated on Monday after Thanksgiving from all of the good food, but we can work through that together. All right, for the show, I'm going to get straight to the point on this one. Western medicine failed me and it has failed so many people I know. And the more that I learn about the problems with conventional medicine, the more grateful I am for my incredible functional medicine doctor, Dr. Legos. If you're curious about what a functional medicine doctor does, you're in the right place. In this episode with the man who saved my life, we discuss how functional medicine is different. My healing journey through Epstein-Barr virus, chronic fatigue, and SIBO, and the many ways in which you can advocate for your own health and get to the root of your health issues. And stay tuned, because at the end of this conversation, we have a bonus mini-interview from my launch party, and Dr. Lekos and I talk all about stress and its effects on the body and how we have to heal emotionally before we can physically. It's really helpful, and it gives you tangible tools you can implement into your life right now. Also, to get in contact with Dr. Lekos, because I know you're going to want to talk to him after you listen to this, go to Dr. underscore Lekos on Instagram or www.biosfunctionalmedicine.com. Okay, here's our chat. And don't forget, you may want to take notes. He's kind of smart and has a lot of wisdom to share, and it's going to change your life. So for people that don't know how we met, I've talked about you so much, but Jordan Younger introduced me to you. Um, She's been your patient for quite some time and dealt with a lot of issues, some of them very similar. Um, And I didn't even know what a functional medicine doctor was until a year and a half ago. And she talked about it on a podcast and she brought up your name. And I thought, maybe this is the guy that can help me because nobody else can. And I'm pretty much doing this on my own at this point and I feel like shit. And she connected me and everything's been different since I saw you walking into your office. Like I said, two hours, you ask questions no one else has ever asked and functional medicine doctors get to the root of the problem. You guys don't want to mask things. You don't want to just give someone a pill and you're not there to get patients in and out. I don't know how many patients you see a day, but you don't see 30 a day. You know, you are very much quality over quantity. And you really give your heart and soul to your patients. So I just want you to kind of explain to people what a functional medicine doctor is and why that's the route you chose. So I guess the first place to start is to talk about what it's not and what it's not is conventional Western medicine. And conventional Western medicine has its place. Mm-hmm. And what it, where it shines the most is in acute care, right? So you go to the ER, you have a heart attack or stroke, break your arm. That's where it has its best applications. And I do like all the new technologies are coming out, a lot of research and things going on, which are Western medicine, but they have their spot and that's where they're shining the most. However, 
where it's failing us is that, you know, in school, it won't teach us how to look for the root cause a whole lot of times. It's about, oh, patient has a blood pressure problem here. Use drug A. If drug A doesn't work, go to drug B or add drug A to B. And it's just about treating symptoms with, with, with pills. Mm-hmm. So functional medicine is looking at, let's look for the root cause of the problem. It's a lot of detective work. It's uncovering things. Symptoms to me are like red flags of something else burning somewhere else. So we got to put the puzzle together to figure out where that fire is. So what we're looking for is really cool testing that we use to, to look at you. Now it's a deep, deep history, which, you know, you spent hours with me and we're looking to see the interconnection between your body. So for example, um, it's not just a systematic approach that Western medicine has. Like you have a neurological problem, boom. It's about, well, maybe you have a gut problem that's snowballing into a neurological problem. Mm-hmm. So a great example of that is, let's say anxiety or depression. I found people with those problems could have an amino acid deficiency in tryptophan. Tryptophan is used to make your neurotransmitter serotonin, which is your feel-good hormone. So they have low tryptophan, therefore they don't have the building blocks to make the neurotransmitter to feel good. Mm. So why did their tryptophan get low? Turns out tryptophan is found in lots of protein, right? So if you look at a protein, which is basically a string of amino acids, and imagine like a pearl necklace and each pearl is an amino. When you eat food like a protein, your stomach acid is supposed to cut each pearl free so that amino can float through the gut and get absorbed in your bloodstream. So if you have a digestive problem where you're not having enough digestive acid or digestive enzymes, therefore you're not digesting your protein, now you're not freeing up tryptophan to float through the gut wall to create a depression anxiety issue because wow. you see, so you see how I mean it just has this flow downstream mm-hmm. and that's with many different problems in functional medicine. So we're looking for that. We're looking for, like, let's say, let's take anxiety again. Uh, maybe your anxiety is due to hormone imbalances. Maybe your thyroid's off. Maybe it's because you're not sleeping. Maybe it's because you've had subconscious stress from childhood trauma. Maybe it's because your gut bacteria are off. You know, so there's many, many ways that could explain your problem. However, I'm not sticking you in a box and giving you Xanax like conventional medicine does. So that's not treating the problem. And so we also look at tailoring a plan that's custom just for you. So the custom testing we do for you, we get custom results, and I'm putting it all together, and here's your plan. It's not going to work for the girl next to you. So mm-hmm. it's very specific for you. And I'm not only trying to help people with what they come to see me for, but I'm trying to optimize their health. So I'm looking to like maximize vitamins, look at their gut, their nutritional status, their lifestyle, how they think, because I want to optimize your health to have a nice long life and be healthy, not this chronic suffering problems. And what's I'm seeing more and more come into play, which I've really you know incorporated the past year, is the person's mind and spirit. Because you know, I'll admit I got caught up in the body, I got caught up in numbers. And most doctors, I was trained to treat numbers, mm-hmm. not listen to the you. Oh, your thyroid, your your cold, and your hair is falling out. Your nails, you know, your nails are brittle. Uh, you know, oh, well, look, your thyroid looks good on your test. So I don't know what your problem is. You know, it's about treating the people and not numbers. Mm-hmm. 
So I was doing that for a while and I, when I first started. And then a past year, I kind of looked at the mind and the spirit because it really is mind, body, spirit. It's not just body. So the mind I'm looking at, like, you know, are you a half glass empty kind of girl? Are you pessimistic? You know, we talked about this before. Negative people are sick more. Mm-hmm. And how do you handle stress? How do you handle life? You know, it's, 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 a tough, it's a tough thing out there. So how are you getting through this? In spirituality, I look at, are you meditating? You know, uh, are you looking at why you're here on the earth? What's your purpose? You know, when you start looking at these deep questions, sometimes the spiritual enhancement in someone really can affect their health. Sometimes that's the, their core of a mm-hmm. problem. So, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's a deep, deep dive into your history. I look at, you know, your, let me go back to birth. We start there, you know, were you born transvaginal or C-section? Were you breastfed? Toxin exposures, head injuries. How do you sleep? Uh, how many times do you exercise? What are you putting in the hole in your face called your mouth, <laughs> which affects a lot of your health is your diet. Mm-hmm. And it's a very encompassing, I mean, it's just a full look at you in, in all ways I can possibly think of. Why is it becoming more prevalent now? People are using more functional naturopaths. Mm-hmm. Because um, I think people are waking up. People are waking up to the fact that, you know, health is in their hands now. It used to be, oh, wait till you get sick, then go to the doctor. Mm-hmm. And now it's becoming more, I'm not going to wait till I get sick. You know, I'm going to start being proactive now. I don't want to get sick. I don't want to have cancer. I don't want to have hypertension or Alzheimer's. And so I get a lot of people come in just like, hey, I feel pretty, pretty darn good. I just want you to check me out and see what, how you can make me feel better or, wow. or prevent something from happening to me later. So there is a big movement going on for sure. And people aren't happy with Western medicine. They'll all go see my doctor. I'm in there for 10 minutes. They get out of there. Yeah. And they don't know what the hell is going on with me. Yeah. Here's another prescription. Mm-hmm. Well, it's making everyone sicker and yeah. it's causing other conditions and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then we're all chronically ill forever and never have an answer as to why it happened. Right. And you can always link it back to something causing something else. I'm, I've been in a couple Facebook groups recently because I'm really trying to, with this brand, figure out what it is that women need. And I mean, I kid you not, <laughs> I wish I, I should just put your name in there, but I don't. Every time someone says something, I'm like, you need to see a functional medicine doctor. You need to see a functional medicine doctor. I do it all day long. And the amount of responses I get back of, what's that? How do I find one? People just don't know enough yet. And like I told you, I've been in this world for how long I'm in LA. I'm very exposed. I didn't even know what that was till a year ago. So it's to me, it's really about getting the information out there and sharing that there are doctors like you that aren't just going to give you a pill. Yeah. And plus send you on your way. It's growing for sure. Yeah. I think, you know, things in medicine take forever. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a decade or more to get a big movement. Well, what someone told me that conventional doctors are using their books that you learned from a medical st- school or from 30 years ago. Is that true? Yeah, it's, it's true. It's, <laughs> it's hard to get. It's true. Like the, there's this basic stuff we all learn and the new research takes forever to get incorporated. Like I said, it takes decades yeah. to get in there. It's, it's crazy. So the, the research that you're seeing and all the stuff that you're getting, where is that coming from? You know, it's coming from ongoing research all over the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you got to stay up on top of it. Read journals and PubMed and listen to podcasts with smart people who, are, who know the, the practice better than you. Mm-hmm. They do their own research. So it's, a, it's an ongoing 
medical education for sure. And you talk about your mentors. You have, I imagine, some incredible doctors that are mm-hmm. helping guide you on new things for as sure. well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mentoring mentor is key. Mm-hmm. You know, I was trained in emergency medicine. I still do it. But when I got into this world, I was like, I feel like a medical student again. Mm. It's completely different. Yeah. And I had to, you know, go through the ropes quick and I learned quick and it works. It works better than anything. Yep. So I want to take people through our experience together over the last year and a half. Um, I tell everyone you saved my life and I don't say that lightly. I think about that every day. And it wasn't easy. We've gone through weird variations of things. And I'm like, I don't know what's going on. You're like, what are you doing? I'm like, I don't know. And (laughs) try this and whatever. And then I don't listen to you. And then you're like, I told you. (laughs) So, you know, I'm learning my lesson. But I, I mentioned already, you know, we spent the two hours together. I want you to talk people through um, the questions that you're asking on day one when I walked in and how we've sort of gone from there. With you specifically? With me. Lovely, high maintenance me. Yeah, you came in and I remember you had, man, you had every system wrong with you that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. You're very complex and you had a diagnosis of uh, fibromyalgia for what, 10 years or something mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, after talking to you in the deep history we talked about, you know, we, we uncovered lots of different things where things had gone wrong early mm-hmm. in the game. So like I mentioned before, I ask patients how they're born and if they're born by C-section and not breastfed, which is you, uh, you kind of set up your immune system in a bad way right from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And the way that happens is that when a baby comes through the vaginal canal, there are bacteria that naturally live there and it kind of coats the baby as it's coming out. And this bacteria will colonize the baby's intestinal tract because the the newborn baby doesn't really have any bacteria in the gut yet. It's pretty sterile. However, coming through the chute like that will promote colonization, and so does breastfeeding. So kids who aren't uh, breastfed or or by C-section, they tend to have weaker guts from the get-go, and their immune system is kind of set up in year number one. So what I'm having people do, my patients who get pregnant, I'm telling them, look, if you have a C-section, and I'll talk to their OBs about this, and I say, if you have a C-section, you're going to have that OB put some 4 by 4 gauze in your vagina and get it soaked with vaginal secretions. And when you come out, wipe you down. Mm. Wipe that baby down. Wipe the all over. Wipe the anus, the mouth, everything. The mouth's first. Yeah. Wipe the whole baby down with your vaginal secretions to get that coating on you as if you would come out. And uh, if, if you're not born trans- by C-section, you come out the normal way, I'll have moms not cut the cord right away. I'll have moms sit there for a couple minutes. The baby's going to be fine, but you're going to flood that baby with stem cells from the umbilical cord, which are powerful cells mm. for regeneration. So let that blood flow through that cord into the kid for a couple minutes, then cut the cord. So you know, for, back to you, you know, you kind of set up your gut in that way. And then you, then you went and you're on antibiotics all the time as a kid, which antibiotics destroy all your good bacteria again. Mm-hmm. And you got put on the birth control pill when you're a teenager because you weren't having cycles because you, you were so athletic that mm-hmm. you weren't having periods yet. And then you got put an IUD, then you had all these other infections, vaginal infections, more antibiotics. So you wrecked your gut. Mm-hmm. 
wrecked it. You got horrible leaky gut. And then you develop something called SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. Do you know what, do you, I mean, I know you can't like see and date on inside my stomach when that started, but can you figure out when this, do you think the SIBO came along? I don't remember, but it's whenever you started bloating and having all the gut issues was yeah. when that started. It's hard to say. Yeah. But like I have a guy I just saw before I came here, he's had symptoms for 10 years of SIBO. And for people that don't know what SIBO is. So the SIBO is a small intestinal bacterial overgrowth. It's where just a quick anatomy lesson, it's the esophagus to the stomach. Stomach connects to the small intestine, which is 20-something feet long, which connects to the large intestine, which is where your, your stool is made and then exit. Mm-hmm. So the small intestine is supposed to be pretty sterile. There's not bacteria there. The large intestine is where you have, you know, trillions of bacteria. So what happens when um, there's bacteria in the small bowel that shouldn't be there, um, you eat a meal and it starts to go through the small intestine and you got 20-something feet of it. And I've got bacteria there that shouldn't be. They eat what you eat. And they're like, oh my God, here comes some food. They chow down and give off a gas as a byproduct. Now you got a lot of bloating going on. And that's why people get bloated after eating right away. Mm-hmm. So depending on the type of gas that's given off, whether it's hydrogen or methane, you can have either diarrhea or constipation all the time. So I see SIBO a ton in the, in the, in the practice. It's, you know, most people diagnose with quote IBS, which is the trash can diagnosis. Yeah. And a lot of people have already seen GI doctors and they, they've said, oh, they did the breath test on me and they said I had SIBO and I got the medication, but it came right back, didn't do nothing. So, you know, I've developed my own protocol where I have a one, two, three punch to get rid of it mm-hmm. because the antibiotics are given have a super high failure rate, 60% comes back from most people. So it's an awful, awful problem to have. I mean, patients with a diarrhea one, they, they are terrified to leave their house. Mm. They don't know. They got to know where a bathroom is everywhere they go. And it, it, I never really thought about it, but I thought about that. Like, you know, you're out in public and you can't even go walk down the street to, yeah. with your girlfriend or something. And you got to be looking around. Where's the nearest toilet? I got to run and go. It's very life disrupting. Yeah. So you can, and I was like, I never forget when a guy had SIBO, he, he, told, he wrote me an email. He's like, he's like, I cannot tell you how you've changed my life. You know, I was having 18 bowel movements a day and I was house locked and my relationships were suffering. I couldn't go out. And now I have a normal poop every day in the morning. And he said, you know, that's, I was like, oh my God, like I really did something for someone. It's just a game changer, you know? So he had seen a couple of GI guys and then just didn't get better, you know? So when you apply the functional medicine approach to SIBO is why you'll see more uh, positive results in mm-hmm. typical Western stuff sometimes. Which includes the low FODMAP diet plus the botanicals. Plus the botanicals, you know, and we look at why you have SIBO in the first place. Mm-hmm. So we'll see people with a lot of stress get SIBO. People who have a sluggish thyroid tend to get more SIBO. Mm-hmm. Um, and the number one reason is low stomach acid in the stomach. Mm-hmm. That, when you eat a meal, that mixture of digested food should be a little bit acidic. And as it goes through the small intestine, it burns off any bacteria trying to live there. If you don't have a lot of stomach acid being made, the food just kind of sits there and ferments and kind of goes through and you're just feeding all those guys and making them happy as it's going through. That's why stomach acid pills, a lot of my patients are on them and lots of them sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's what keeps it away. That's the betaine? The betaine, yeah. You're burning off the 
any potential guys that could be trying to live in there. So this is a total tangent, but this just made me think about it. So the the alkaline diets, you don't want to make your body alkaline, right? Uh, no, you kind of do. You, alkaline diets, you're you're trying to eat more alkaline foods. You, it, an alkalinity in the body is actually kind of good for you. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's been debated forever. And I've read tons of stuff on this. The body is exquisitely a perfectionist at keeping the pH of the blood a certain range. Mm. It will do whatever it has to do to stay in that range. And so the alkaline diets, they don't really affect the pH of your blood per se, but they, if you eat too much acidic stuff, your body tries to compensate by burning up your minerals. So you get osteoporosis when we mm. lose calcium and magnesium. So the alkaline diet's good, but you don't want to have an alkaline gut. I'm not a fan Got of it. alkaline water. Right. If it's on an empty stomach, that's great. However, why would you want to drink alkaline water with your meal? Because you want an acidic environment in your stomach. Mm-hmm. Alkaline water is going to neutralize your own stomach acid. So I don't have people drink much water during their meals. You drink as much as less as you can. Uh, you're just diluting your own gastric juices. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's different. So um, with the SIBO, you had me do that diet for three months. And I followed everything to a T and it went away. Right. Um, I had done low FODMAP before, luckily. So it wasn't weird for me. And I've done AIP and all of that. Sorry. So it was a little, yeah. But for the average person, um, what's your recommendation when they go into something like that that can be pretty aggressive? If they have SIBO? Yeah. Are they being treated by a doctor or are they trying to self-treat? Well, if, they, if they're, if they're going to go on a low FODMAP diet and they're doing the antibiotics or whatever, because oh. I've, had, I've had girls message me and say, I'm supposed to do the low FODMAP diet, but my doctor didn't say I was supposed to do it for three months. And you need to do it, right? I mean, you have yeah. to do it for three months. You do. I like three months because it just you get a higher success rate because you're just not giving your gut food that could potentially refeed any simmering Mm-hmm. infection there. That's why I recheck a lot. Yeah. So I've had patients come in they go, oh, I feel freaking amazing. Let's recheck you. Oh, it's still kind of there. You just didn't know. Mm-hmm. If we if we bag the treatment now, you're gonna it's gonna come back. Mm-hmm. I don't want that. So we're gonna do no, no, another step to help you get rid of it. So I like three months of FODMAPs. And make sure you get checked before Make you. sure you get checked. Lots of stomach acid. Space your meals apart. Don't graze because you keep feeding, feeding, feeding those guys. Keep your meals apart from each other. Um, digestive enzymes are helpful. I'm not a fan of probiotics during the right. treatment phase. I add that later. I rebuild the gut later. However, I have been using Megaspore Biotic, which mm-hmm. is one of my favorites. It's a spore-based, and they're showing now that that is actually can be beneficial with SIBO, mm. and you can add it in a little bit earlier. Okay. Yeah. All right, so back to what you were saying. So um, we talk about the bloating, the SIBO, all of that. And then we start testing that we do the stool testing mm-hmm. and, and you start asking me about Epstein-Barr and I had never been tested. Yeah. So you had like a lot of fatigue. One of your legs was like dead and mm-hmm. numb. And I was shocked. You weren't checked for multiple sclerosis. Remember we did MRIs of your head and uh, spine. Yeah. Which was my all, poor mother. Yeah. And those were all clean. Uh, yeah. And you had so many symptoms going on. Mm-hmm. Well, one of the reasons with fatigue, yeah, this fatigue thing, you had like this fibromyalgia, chronic fatigue picture mm-hmm. going on. And so what we look for is triggers. And a lot of the triggers are foods. And a lot of the triggers are these low-lying simmering infections going on mm-hmm. that your body just cannot crush. So we do this panel on you looking at 
mycoplasma pneumonia, you know, um, different types of herpes simplex virus, Coxsackie virus, Epstein-Barr virus, cytomegalovirus, uh, chlamydia pneumonias. These are things that can be kind of simmering on you that you don't know. And they're the trigger for your problem. Mm. So we did it on you and you, you popped up with some Epstein-Barr that we um, have been ongoingly trying to treat. It's mm-hmm. a tough bug to kill. Yep. Um, but there's protocols out there and I've had some success with six supplements that take a year. It takes a long time, long time. So that's why we, with you, we were more aggressive. We tried the, the UV light therapy Yep. and moved on to ozone therapy. Mm-hmm. So it is a challenge Yeah. for sure. Yeah, I want to talk about the ozone because um, I didn't know what that was before either, you know, and I don't think a lot of people do. And unfortunately, it's so expensive, Mm -hmm. so it's not really available to a lot of people. But the doctor that I've been seeing that administers it here, I mean, he talks about this team of people that go to Africa and they're curing Ebola and they're doing incredible things for HIV. And he had a woman come in she had basically two weeks to live from having breast cancer. And the doctors were like, sure, if you want to go see this quack, go see him. And he's like, I can't make any promises, but let's try. He does it. And she goes back and they can't find any cancer in her body. Wow. And I'm just like, what the hell? Wow. (laughs) Like, why isn't this, why aren't we all just hooked up to ozone machines at all times, you know? (laughs) So why is it, what is it doing? And why is it so helpful? So oxygen is O2. Mm-hmm. molecular structure. And ozone is O3. It's a very unstable gas. And the Germans have the ones who discovered ozone and perfected it. And in Germany, ozone is in every doctor's office. It's all over. Wow. Every one of them. So the when they take your blood out of your body and go into that machine, mm-hmm. it puts ozone gas into your blood, it turns bright cherry red. Yeah. It's a really cool color. Mm-hmm. And that oxygen, the O3, one of them, it's such an unstable gas that one of the oxygens pop off and it hyperoxygenates the blood. And bugs can't live in that state. They blow up and die. Mm. Now, did you notice, remember at the end how they give you glutathione, yeah. the antioxidant? Mm-hmm. When you do ozone, it does kill lots of stuff, including cancer and mold and Lyme and Epstein-Barr and bad bugs and bacteria. But it does create a bit of oxidative stress or a rusting component to the blood. That's why you want to give antioxidants to kind of quell that or quench that to kind of cool it down. Okay. But uh, yeah, you're right. It's like in the United States, we don't use that here. It's like unheard of. It's it's nuts. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff. I don't. I don't know. Is it because it would actually cure things? And God well, forbid. Yeah, you know, you can go there with that. Yeah. It's, it is about like, does big pharma want us to get better? Right. You know, they make a crap ton of money off selling drugs. Mm-hmm. So it's a question. Yeah. You always hear about these cancer doctors who've, you know, they've close to cures and they disappear from the earth and they're, you know, what's going on? I don't know. Yeah. Scary. So I've done the first, I think three times I did ozone, I had horrible Herx reactions. I felt like Mm -hmm. I couldn't get out of bed for three days. And then all of a sudden the fourth day I was like freaking Wonder Woman. And I'm like, huh. So I did that the first three times. The fourth time, no Herx reaction felt great after. And the other thing that I've talked about is, and this is what the doctor was saying, depending on how dark your blood is, is how toxic it is. So the darker it is, the more toxic it is. If it's lighter, it's Mm. not as toxic. So I've gone in a few times where it's like black Mm. and other times I've gone in where it's lighter. And he's like, the toxins are leaving your blood. Like 
it is getting cleaned out. And at the same time, I'm feeling better. Wow. Which is kind of amazing. Correlates. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. So it is kind of painful experience afterwards, but it's part of it because the Herx reaction is the virus dying off in your body, right? That's right. Yeah. But you, you know, you, you're getting better each time you're doing mm-hmm. it. And yeah. Your blood's getting more brighter. Yeah. Well, there you go. Yeah. Interesting. Hey guys, a quick pause to ask you for a little favor. Will you subscribe, rate, and review the show? If you send a screenshot to hello at thisistheplatform.com, we'll send you my exclusive master list with tons of healing resources and discounts for services and products. I would really appreciate you taking the time to help a sister out. Reviews are how we get the word out and help this community grow, and we cannot do it without you. So I want to talk about stool tests because the first time I had a stool test was, um, I think it was six months before I saw you. I got really, really sick again and couldn't figure out what it was. And um, I, the doctor had me take a stool test and I had C. diff mm. from antibiotics um, because of all the yeast infections that I was getting from the IUD. Really fun little cycle I was on. So I got the C. diff and he was freaking out because C. diff is fatal and it's really dangerous and just messes up your gut so badly. But that was the first time I had had it done. So why are stool tests such a big part of what you do? Well, we're learning more and more that the gut is a key component to our health. It's like the, almost like the center of the wheel. Everything kind of cogs out of that. We're finding gut health is important for the psyche, the brain, the gut brain connection is so Mm -hmm. strong, you know, and we've learned that when the gut can be a mess, it can cause some anxiety and depression and psychological disorders. Um, we also want to look, remember how I mentioned the, the, the digestion part, you know, mm-hmm. the stool test that we do will tell me, are you digesting properly? Mm-hmm. And if you're not, you're going to get malnutrition. You know, you're going to have low nutrient statuses. So we, all your vitamins are all low. And if your vitamins are all low, how can you work your body? Mm-hmm. You know, so we, the digestion is a super big, important component. And we'll see how you are uh, digesting or not. And we also look at, does your gut have any inflammation? We look at inflammatory markers. Uh, we will look at, do you have a parasite or a yeast infection? You know, yeast infections in the gut are rampant. We'll see people with overgrowth of candida. So mm-hmm. they've got brain fog, joint pain, muscle pain, chemical sensitivities, lots of fatigue. Uh, parasites can cause the same issues. Uh, we'll look at They'll actually measure your your what kind of bacteria are in your stool, and they'll, they'll put on a petri dish and grow it out mm. and see what the balance looks like. So we want to get it as balanced as possible, and uh, you know it's one of those hidden things that if you don't check, could be the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. I also have MTHFR genetic mutation. Did I say mm. that right? Do yeah. I sound smart? MTHFR is good. <laughs> channeling my inner doctor like us um which funny enough i've posted about on instagram a few times and all of my girlfriends send me messages i have that too i have Mm -hmm. that too of course we all have autoimmune issues what's the first of all what is mthfr and what's the link to autoimmune and chronic fatigue so mthfr is methylation it's a methylation gene Mm -hmm. and we we look at this in my practice because um, it tells you a couple things. 
if you don't, methylation is based, it's a very, it's a super complex biochemical thing going on. Mm -hmm. But to put it really simply is you're putting a methyl group onto a molecule. And um, if you don't methylate well, it can lead to certain diseases like cardiovascular disease, Alzheimer's, brain stuff, neurological, neurodegenerative things, and many types of cancers. Mm -hmm. So we want to know is someone methylating well or not? Because if they're not, we can support them and make them methylate well or get around the genetic defect so that those, the risk of those things happening to you go down, mm-hmm. right? So uh, we check for uh, the 677 is the big boy and the 1298 is the little player. Mm-hmm. And if, um, if those look off, you want to support B2, B3, B6, and a special type of folic acid called 5-MTHF. Mm-hmm. That 5-MTHF folic acid will get around that genetic defect completely. Wow. Bypasses it completely. So it's super important to be taking that if you do have methylation problems. Take it every day. And take it every day, right. The other methylation we look at is the COMT gene, COMPT, COMT. This gene has to do with your neurotransmitter metabolism. So we see the people with anxiety and depression having these methylation defects with the comp gene, they have like an overload of neurotransmitters in their brain. Too much is hanging around. You're not breaking them down fast enough. Those people tend to be more smart, fast, can do multitasking, but they cannot handle stress. They mm. freak out at the littlest thing because their brain dumps out more neurotransmitters when you're under stress. And they're already not breaking them down fast enough, so they get overwhelmed quickly. And that same gene also has to do with the way you metabolize estrogen. So when you metabolize estrogen as a woman, it can go down three pathways. One path protects your breast from getting cancer. One can harm you and cause some breast cancer. And the third one is in the middle. Hmm. So we can actually measure those metabolites in your urine to see where you're at. Is your body making more of the bad or more of the good? And if you're making more of the bad, we can push your body to make more good. Now the bad one, if you don't methylate well, that bad one can accumulate. Wow. And cause some cancer issues with breast and urine. Mm. So again, to, to give your that comp gene some support, the B vitamins, folate, magnesium, make sure you're not stressing, make sure you don't have mercury toxicity. Um, and you know, the, the cool thing about functional medicine is you can do these tests to see, is it working? Am I moving things around? And guess what, guess what path the birth control pill goes down? Straight down the bad path. That's why I hate the birth Yeah, you were like, pill. you're not on the pill, are you? No, it's I like, hate no. the birth control pill. Because yeah. it increases that, that metabolite that can potentially harm you later mm-hmm. on. Yeah, I don't like it. While we're on the, the birth control topic, I'm actually writing a blog post about this right now because I feel very passionately about birth control and IUDs. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that? Because I imagine you could probably get in some weird situations where you are dealing with a young girl and the mom's like, I don't want my daughter to get pregnant. And you're like, I don't really like birth control. How do you navigate that knowing that it can cause leaky gut and inflammation and all these things? Yeah. So I try to to teach the woman or mom about what's the potential bad things about being on synthetic estrogen. Mm -hmm. Right. And I get it. You know, you don't have a kid. It's not, it's not the right time in your life. And I'll try to get them to go to the IUD. To the copper one? Copper you know, is the best. Uh, but sometimes if even if it's the Marina or Skylet mm-hmm. hormone coated ones, I'll go for that over the pill, you know? Yeah. So if I can sway them, yes, 
Awesome. If not, they're, they're not doing it. They have a thing with it. I'm like, look, what I just described to you about the pill going down that bad pathway that can hurt your breast and uterus later with the cancer thing. I'll say, look, if you're going to be on the pill, you got to take this supplement, which is I3C slash DIM. And this is a, this is a DIM can try to protect you from going down that bad pathway. It's the best thing that you can do if you are a woman on the pill is to take DIM to me okay. to try to protect you. Yeah. Do you, I, I believe in all the research that I've done um, points to this, that IUDs cause systemic inflammation. And everything that I have seen from patients is that women that have any autoimmune issue get the IUD and all their symptoms come roaring back in a horrible way, which is what happened to me. I got the IUD out and I felt a million times better the next day. Mm-hmm. I've seen that a few times. Um, you're right. The people who have, because uh, the way IUD works, it does irritate the lining of the uterus inside. Mm-hmm. It creates this low-grade inflammation and irritation. Mm-hmm. And if you're already sensitive to that, you're already in that state of, of being, that can tip you over the edge yeah. and you feel horrible. Mm-hmm. Granted, most women don't go through that, yeah. but I have seen that and yeah. take it out and feel better. Unbelievable. Yeah. Ugh. It's tough. It's a tough spot to be in. It is. It is. It's super tough. Like at the top of my blog, it says, I'm not trying to get you pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> right? It, it, it's, it's, you know. But um, so I use natural cycles and I just follow my cycle. I know exactly when I'm ovulating, when my period's coming. I'm like clockwork now because we've gotten all my hormones in check and I'm like smooth sailing. Um, but it is a dedication to that. It's not a pill as an answer. It's really tracking what's going on with your body. But it is a good alternative. Yeah. And you have if, to be if, smart. You're, if you're good with it. Yes. And you're diligent and careful. Yes. Awesome. That's perfect. Otherwise, you're going to have a surprise baby. Otherwise, surprise. Let's all knock on wood for me for a second. (laughs) My dad's in the corner knocking knocking on his head. I'm like, please stop (laughs) talking about this. Um, So a few other things that we realized while we were together. You mentioned already the leg thing for me. I want to talk about the immune system being on fire. Because both you and my doctor, Marta at Surya Spa, said the exact same thing to me about when you have autoimmune issues, your immune system is just basically on fire and you're just living at this heated level. And that's what you felt was happening with my leg was that it couldn't calm down. And so it was just like almost overworking all the time. Yeah. Your leg was, uh, was either, you know, gluten thing or your immune system was going bananas and that was more than immune system going bananas. Mm-hmm. Um, so with autoimmune people, you're right. There is this overwhelming on fire immune system. That's what's going on. The, you know, like we talked about earlier, the triggers of that immune system being that way on the first place is due to leaky gut stuff's getting through your gut wall into mm-hmm. your bloodstream. It shouldn't be. So your immune system's making antibodies left and right to all kinds of stuff, or you've got a toxin in you, you know, or you've got a chronic virus just kind of simmering there and your body keeps trying to fight that thing off. So what happens, your immune system uh, is designed to protect you, right, from getting sick. And, and you know, even cancer, right? we get cancer multiple times in our life, but your immune system kills it and recognizes the cells are not right and you, you kill it. That's why you, see, that's why you see people when they get older, cancer is more prevalent in the older population because your immune system just starts to get weaker and weaker as mm. you age. 
and we've, you know, we've accumulated more toxins in our body as we get old as the world's so polluted. So toxins and our weak immune system and our inability to fight off stuff is why we see more cancer in older populations. Okay. That's why. Now, with autoimmunity, you feel horrible, right? You feel achy, fatigued, brain fog. You just, you just have nothing. So remember how we put you on low-dose naltrexone, yeah, right? Yeah, that's so what I wanted to talk that's about. That's one of the best things. Like To me, all autoimmune patients should be on low-dose naltrexone. The goal here is when functional medicine, we're trying to fix the triggers. Work on Epstein-Barr, work on your gut, work on your adrenals, work on your hormones, detoxify you, um, get you sleeping, get you rest, recovery, vitamins, nutrients, antioxidants. But we got to cool off the immune system. That's so important because when that gets cooled down, ah, oh, you feel amazing. Your, your energy comes back. That achiness goes away. The fatigue is letting up. So low-dose naltrexone. Naltrexone, we use in the ER a lot. When people come in, they overdose on heroin or, or narcotics. We boom, we give it to them. They wake right up. Mm. And we discovered at a low dose, it has this amazing immune response. So here's how it works. The, typically, the cells in our body replicate at a normal rate. They regenerate themselves. They divide. And autoimmunity or cancer, they're dividing like crazy, mm. going, 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 going nuts. That's why you feel so bad. There's this is drive of overdrives going on. There's a, something called opioid growth factor, OGF. OGF hits a receptor on the cell. Every cell in our body has OGF. OGF hits the receptor, and that receptor is when they, when they connect with each other, that's what keeps the cell regulation at, at, in a normal rate. However, in autoimmunity, it's going nuts and cancer, it's going nuts, right? So what happens is um, low-dose naltrexone will hit that same receptor and block it. Oh. Now what happens is your, your cells go, hang on, uh, something's blocking my receptor, I need to make more of the receptors. I need this OGF, but it's, it's not, it's, nothing's happening. So your, your cells make more receptors, and they make those receptors really sensitive to OGF. And your cells even make more OGF. So low-dose naltrexone will block those receptors for a couple of hours, and then it goes away. And now you've got these cells with tons of receptors. They're very sensitive, and you've got tons of OGF in, in your cells now. And now you've got this boom effect where... OGF's hitting all these receptors, and you got 18 hours worth of controlled regulatory cell division. Whoa. So it slows it all down. Now, in chronic fatigue and fibromyalgia, OGF is an endorphin. An endorphin is that chemical that makes you feel good. Mm-hmm. You get that post-exercise high, I feel great. That's because you got endorphins going around. So that's why... Um, when LDN wears off, all those all that OGF you just made is everywhere, and those endorphins are everywhere, mm. and they start to block pain. Endorphins are anti-pain. Mm-hmm. That's why your pain goes away. Now, we've learned that the microglia in our central nervous system are our immune cells, and with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, gluten people get brain fog, people with depression, anxiety, psychiatric disorders, we're learning microglia are on fire. Your brain is just sizzling. Well, LDN and OGF, LDN will actually deactivate those microglia. That's why people with chronic fatigue feel less brain fog. Those microglia mm-hmm. are getting kind of turned down. They, the heat's coming down. So you, you, you feel less achy, less fatigue, mm-hmm. less brain fog. Yeah. And, it's, and that's why it's such a great thing for any autoimmune problem or cancer. How long should people be on it? 
So it months and months. So you like, take, should I still be on it? Because I kind of stopped taking uh, it. <laughs> now I want to be back on it. If you still, I mean, you know, you're, I don't know. We'll have to talk about that. Yeah. See if you need it or not anymore. But minimum, I have my people for six months, minimum. Yeah. You need it on months and months and months. I think I did six months. Yeah. We haven't talked about Valtrex yet. I did that for four months. I did feel better, but I was also doing the low-dose naltrexone too. Yeah. So it's hard, I'm sure, for you to figure out what exactly makes things better. Yeah, you kind of you kind of want to get people functioning yeah. in life and you start weaning things back off yeah. to see how they're doing. So how do you feel about Valtrex? Well, Valtrex is for your, you know, that's for your Epstein bar. Yeah. You know, in my research, I was I was I was sick of all the piles of supplements people had to take to get better, and I was trying to find faster ways. Mm-hmm. So combining Valtrex with the light, Valtrex with ozone. Um, but Valtrex, uh, it's an antiviral drug. You know, it's, um, I hate using drugs, but I have to sometimes. And that's four times a day. It's kind of pain in the butt, but mm-hmm. it does help yeah. the viral load some. Yeah. All right. Now I can't stop thinking about Lotus naltrexone. Can <laughs> <laughs> you get back on it? You didn't do so good. After. You got nauseated or something, right? I didn't feel well. And then I was fine. Yeah. I got really sick. Yeah. I think I was like hallucinating. Uh, not hallucinating, but I was like, I just felt really weird. But then I was fine. Yeah, It you, took me a couple days. It can create a little nausea and it can create a little bit of uh, wicked weird dreams. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Strange. I was having weird dreams because I was doing that and you had me on GABA, L-theanine, melatonin to yeah. sleep. So my dreams were like next Nuts. level. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're going somewhere else. Seriously. But... But it's a good drug. No yeah, doubt. yeah. So this is something Dr. Lekos and I talk a lot about, but it's all of the conventional beauty and household products that are on the market. And one of the first things that he and I talked about was getting that out of my life. So many of you have heard me talk about the fact that these products are full of chemicals that cause cancer, autoimmune disease, infertility, and they disrupt your hormones. And have you been taking the time to really read the label of your soap or your laundry detergent or foundation? It can be terrifying when you do, because first of all, you don't know what half of the stuff is. And second, you realize that quote unquote natural products aren't that natural. I want to take a second to introduce you to Beauty Counter, my new obsession. They're leading the charge on Washington to change the standard of beauty for us all with their Never List. And they make it easy to get so many clean, effective products in one place. You can head to my shop at thisistheplatform.com slash shop for a link to my favorite products like the charcoal bar, and rest assured you're getting the very best from them. Also, Beauty Counter is founded by a woman, and you all know how I feel about that. So remember, head to my shop to learn more. You said to me the first time I met you, you asked me about my sleep, and my sleep has been really bad for God knows how long, um, and you said... Everything else aside, you have to sleep. I can't help you unless you sleep. And so you put me on the Kavanaugh's and GABA and L-theanine. And you were like, whether it's weed, edibles, uh, CBD, like find a way. And that changed my whole being. Like finally getting rest. Yeah. I was like, oh. And it's it's not sleep where you get up every hour and then you wake up and you don't feel rested. I was actually sleeping. I was... I mean, knocking myself out in a lot of ways um, without drugs. And I felt so much better and my body had time to repair. Yeah. I mean, how important is the sleep? It's it's uh, number one. Yeah. I work on gut and sleep, sleep number one. Mm-hmm. But you, you just said it perfectly. Yeah. 
When you're sleeping, you're repairing, you're regenerating. You're, if you're not sleeping and getting in that restful state, it's just awful. You can't fix your body mentally. It's, it's, uh, you're a mess. Mm -hmm. You get depressed, you get anxious, you can't think, you have brain fog, you're super irritable. Mm -hmm. Cortisol levels stay out of control. Your serotonin starts to go down. You feel, you know, um, and your, your growth hormone gets secreted when you're sleeping in the first sleep cycle. Mm-hmm. And some people don't even get there. Mm-hmm. Your growth hormone is kind of like your anti-aging hormone. That's what keeps you, uh, you know, that young, fit, healthy, immune system strength, all kinds of benefits of that. Mm-hmm. So um, rest is paramount. So I will do anything I can to get you sleeping. I don't care. Yeah. You know, it was, you got to do what it takes. And, and it fixes lots of different things. Mm-hmm. Um, people always ask me about the thyroid and cortisol and adrenals and all of that. And, you know, those are such huge issues right now. And so many women dealing with Hashimoto's and mm-hmm. thyroids are just out of control. Um, what is your approach when testing for that? And what are some of the first things that people can look out for to take care of their thyroids? So, Stress is the number one thing I'm seeing a lot of. Like the, when you're stressed out, you'll see your adrenals. I mean, you'll see your thyroid start to slow down on purpose because it's trying to compensate for your elevated cortisol. Um, for Hashi, which is an autoimmune disease, when your own your own body is attacking your own thyroid, um, you want to know the levels of your antibodies. Of them, really, that's the number one thing I look for and the symptoms that the person's having. Like how severe are they? Mm. Uh, and I approach Hashi like all other autoimmunity. You have leaky gut. All of all autoimmune patients have leaky gut. You have a trigger. What's the trigger? You know, and we look for the trigger and treat that. But we do need to support the thyroid a lot. We will use thyroid medicine to give them more symptomatic control. Um, selenium is paramount, and controlling stress is paramount. Making sure you're on the right nutrients. That when your your thyroid makes uh, T4, which is a thyroid hormone, it doesn't do anything. And when it gets into your tissue, it gets converted to T3. Mm. And T3 is the active thyroid. So there are nutrients that help you convert T4 to T3, like selenium and zinc. Uh, makes your cortisol is low. Iodine, you know. Um, another thing I've found over the past couple of years is. Uh, it's really important to have good ferritin levels. Ferritin is iron storage, and ferritin is how you get the thyroid hormone into the nucleus of a cell to do its job. So you can have killer thyroid numbers, but no ferritin, and your thyroid is going to be pretty sluggish mm. cellularly. So you put them on ferritin, and boom, they start feeling a ton better. Wow. Yeah. I think one of the toughest things for people is wanting to work with a doctor like you once they find out what a functional medicine doctor is or even a naturopath and understanding that insurance doesn't really cover everything. And um, it's a little more expensive to see a doctor like you. You get more from it, right? Of course, I'm sitting with you for two hours, not in and out in 20 minutes, but it does cost more. Not everyone can see someone like that. So what is your recommendation for people that are in a situation where they need to continue to be covered by insurance and how they can get the best help for themselves that route? Probably educating themselves, Mm -hmm. honestly. Um, There are awesome podcasts, books, 
material to read that you can soak in and teach yourself if that's a situation you don't have the finances to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, educating yourself on what nutrients to take, what foods to cut out of your diet, that's the best way, honestly. I don't know another way. Well, and I also tell people, so a lot of the testing you do is still covered by insurance. It's partially, it's mostly covered, right? Right. So if you can get much of the testing done, whether it's blood work or whatever it is, then that's good. Then you can go in and say, hey, I want these levels checked, or I want a stool test, or I need this. And it can be covered in large part, even if it's with another doctor, at least you know where you are. At least you know if you have... Yeah. What a C diff or, you know, so that you at least have a baseline. But like you said, educating yourself and knowing how to advocate for yourself in the right way, that's a huge starting point. Mm -hmm. Don't just not do anything because you can't see a functional medicine doctor. Yeah, do something. Yeah. And then, you know, probably the the most cost effective way is to educate yourself on nutrition or see a nutritionist, Mm -hmm. functional nutritionist. Mm -hmm. Uh, what you put in your mouth, I tell you, it's, it's a big, big deal. Yep. Affects you in many ways. Well, and I had, when I came to you, I've done autoimmune protocol for years. Um, Dr. Sarah Ballantyne introduced Mm -hmm. that to me and I just, I owe her so much because that, that was a game changer for me. Um, I had dabbled in vegan and Mm -hmm. vegetarian and all these just bad ideas for people that are dealing with what I'm dealing with. And when I came to you, you basically, that's what you ascribe to is an autoimmune protocol. You're all about bone broth and glutamine and whole foods and no nightshades and all of that. So is that how you basically treat all people with inflammation and autoimmune yeah, stuff? Yeah, it's the best way. Yeah. Autoimmune paleo is my favorite. Because why for you? The foods you, you eliminate are you know, the inflammatory foods. Mm-hmm. And when you came to see me, you told me you had been doing AIP and you were feeling better. And that was a big tip for me. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, this girl feels better on this diet. I know she's inflamed. Yeah. I know her immune system is going bananas. You mm-hmm. know? So um, I like AIP a lot if it's, if it's indicated. Mm-hmm. I love it for autoimmunity. The AIP diet has been shown to be the most effective for people with celiac disease and rheumatoid arthritis by far. People with RA, rheumatoid arthritis, can completely go to remission if they have AIP strict diet. Wow. It's amazing. Very effective for a rheumatoid. Yeah. And it's sad that these patients with rheumatoid are getting put on these drugs, which are immunosuppressant, like cancer-like drugs, mm-hmm. heavy hitting stuff. And all they got to do is eat a certain way and you're done. Yep. Sad. Mm-hmm. Why wasn't I taught that? Yep. Kind of pisses me off. I'm sure. I don't get it. Yeah. So let's talk about our friends over at Dry Farm Wines for a second. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, any excuse I have? I sh- we should be drinking while we're doing this. What are we doing? Yeah, go give me you some. have to go back to your, to your patients. I'm, done for the day. Let's have I'm here. Um, no, because I mean, we've talked about them before, and I, I'm saying it jokingly. I mean, just organic food and alcohol mm-hmm. in general. What you put in your mouth matters, and it's not just eliminate certain things, it's also what you're adding back in. And when you don't have to have leave lead this miserable life where you can't have anything good. Yeah. I didn't drink for a long time. Yeah. And I was very careful and I've pretty much healed my gut. And so now I I drink again, but I only drink organic, biodynamic wine. That's it. Mm-hmm. Why do you believe in that as well? I, I do too, because uh Dry Farm is a great company. Their products, their wine is like pesticide, herbicide free, low tannins lower alcohol, mm-hmm. 
And it's just a cleaner product. Mm-hmm. I mean, the grapes out there are usually sprayed with all kinds of garbage uh, and stuff that's in Roundup, you know. So it's it's very, very toxic. Mm-hmm. And the sugar load that's in normal wine is huge. They add sugar to the wine, yeah, in case farm. you don't know that. Yeah, and dry, and dry farm doesn't have any sugar. Nope. It's like a keto wine, right? Yeah, keto friendly. So, you know, you can drink a lot of dry farm wines. You, and, you know, you get if you get a little drunk on it, you're not going to feel that bad the next day. It's, I did that at my party <laughs> during our interview. So, I was yeah. a little tipsy. <laughs> so it's, you know, it's it, it's a good alternative if you're going to drink. You know, it's it's. I like dry farm. I love liquor like tequila and mm-hmm. vodka, good quality stuff. Um, like I like to advocate the low carb way of living. Mm-hmm. And so those are good alternatives. Like drinking, you know, Marg's, which is full of sugar. Yeah. Wine is full of sugar. Beer is the worst. It's loaded with carbs and gluten. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I tell people, look, don't make your diet stressful. You've got enough stress. You're in a wreck. Part of that reason is mostly because most people I see are stressed. So let's not make your diet another, another arm of your stress. Mm-hmm. So you know, be as strict as you can, the best you can, but you know, life's life. Have some fun. Yeah. So what if you go have a, a crazy dinner and make up for it later? Mm-hmm. You know, it's not gonna kill you. Yeah. It, it won't. Well, and it's also having the tools to get yourself back. So if you do have that crazy dinner and you have things that you normally wouldn't have and maybe you don't feel as good the next day, you have the tools to take the chlorella and the spirulina through energy bits and you know that you can have the bone broth in the morning and all these different things that get you back to where you need to be rather right. than just continuing this splurge for weeks and weeks at a time. It's like, I had fun and now I can get back into my day to day. Yeah. Yeah. Or anticipate the fun coming. I'm mm-hmm. going to prep that day for it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Take your, what is it? What's your cocktail? Charcoal and cactus and energy bits. Is oh, that the, your hangover? Yeah. Yeah. Pretty yeah. fair. <laughs> you never should have Glutathione. given me your phone number because I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to get wasted. What should I take? <laughs> So the new thing I've been messing with is if you take glutathione packets, like Live On or uh-huh. Health has good glutathione, like every two drinks have some glutathione. Oh my gosh. And then have more glutathione when you go to bed. And that's really good at blocking hangovers. So are you drinking more now just as a tester for yourself? Yeah, trying it out. <laughs> <laughs> that's a little trick you can try. That's cool. Yeah. I like that. Every two drinks, glutathione. That's so good. So another way that you and I have bonded is over the whole spiritual side of things. And Mm -hmm. I never expected this from you because I was getting pretty woo-woo. Like, I'm going to see this doctor. You're super cool. I call, and for those of you who can't see him, I call him the pretty doctor. (laughs) Very good looking. I'm like, this guy, you're great. I didn't think we were going to bond over the woo-woo too. And I think you came in one day and... I don't know if maybe you knew I was woo-woo because I'm friends with Jordan. And so you're like, all right, I got her. But you said something like, oh, my shaman. And I remember looking at you and being like, you're what? I was (laughs) so excited. It was so good. I I just loved that you trusted me to talk to me about that. But what, what role has spirituality played in your life over the last year or so? And the way that you are not only looking at your own life, but also your patience and just changing Changing that that lens you see things through. Yeah, I mentioned in the beginning is is a big big arm of it now, and um, you can kind of tell when you see a patient if they're going to be open to it or not. And you know, I'll come out and ask most of them, and most people are really generally open to that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And I'm finding more and more people have problems from their subconscious pain, past pain 
childhood pain, parental, you know, parents did stuff to, I don't know, but there's, it's just huge. So, um, that's one of the hardest things to kind of get people into is mm-hmm. the spirituality part. So I have looked into that a lot personally and, and I'll refer people out to different shamans like you, you know, seeing Sharon Joseph, mm-hmm. who's a channeler. And, She's amazing. And Chris Witecki, which we know, oh, that's right, yep. you know, just intuitive people. Because it can bring some insight to you in your soul mm-hmm. that can open your mind and your heart more. And it just creates this balance in you that when that happens, you your symptoms sometimes can get better. Maybe that's the reason why you are the way you are. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, I mean, I was going you know, personally, you know, I was going through some hard personal times. And, and I think everyone gets to a point in their life where they kind of look back and go, whoa. What's the deal? Why am I here? What's going mm-hmm. on? What's the, why am I the way I am? And why am I having these problems now? And so I was kind of in this place where being an ER doctor, you're trained to, you know, deal with death a lot. Everything that comes in the door is bad. Mm. So you're dealing with like drownings and kids dying and suicide, you name it. It's just horrible. Remember when I was a resident, when we first started doing this stuff, everybody was crying all the time. Because you would see all this bad shit and it was just gnarly. Yeah. And so you you have to learn to put up these walls, these emotional walls where you go tell someone that their loved one just died. You got to go pick up the next chart and go see the ear pain. Oh my God. And go see them like they're fresh. You know, like they, and you're just like in your mind, you're just like, what is going on? So you end up putting up these emotional walls to make you an unemotional person. And I found myself being unemotional. So I, you know, I would be at home. My wife would say, "Oh, uh, here's this and this problem," and she's all upset, and I don't even react to it because I'm like thinking, "Well, you're not dying. You know, I deal with death all day. I mean, you're not dying. Why is this such a big deal?" Mm. And you, that's not the right way to handle that stuff. So it, it makes you very disconnected from humans, mm-hmm. and people. And it's very, you know, all other ER docs out there know what I'm talking about. It's like a, it's the bad part of the job. So it's affecting me in some bad ways. So I wanted to, to experience, like, let's get rid of this. So I started to look into shamans and spirituality more and finding out, how do I heal myself? How do I get through this? So, you know, I took a big leap talking to one of my patients about, you know, hey, there's this something called DMT that you can go smoke that can open these doors for you, right? Remember talking about this? Yep. So, wow. I haven't was, had the balls to do it. Man. So... <laughs> You know, I go see the shaman. It's called you know four meo DMT, which is a from the Sonoran Desert Toad, which is supposed to separate you from your ego, and you see what you're about. So I go to Beverly Hills, and I'm with the shaman, and you smoke this stuff, and it hits you like bricks. And I I've, I've never done psychedelics or none of that stuff in my life, and this was the most powerful thing I've ever. It was so riveting to my soul. It was like very intense. I did not like it. I was like. I remember thinking, like, what the hell have you just done? Why are you doing this? It was so uncomfortable, twitching. My body was freaking out. I remember rolling out on my side, and I just yelled, no, no, really loud. And it was the most cathartic no. And I felt all of this stuff lift off of me all of a sudden. And that you remember the painting, the scream? Oh, the yeah. Face? Well, that's why it flashed in my mind. And the mouth of the face, all this black stuff just shot out of the mouth, mm-hmm. like, purging. And I think I passed out. I don't know. The shaman was like, breathe, breathe. And I was, 
it finally took me over and I was bawling, 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 crying, crying, crying. And I was just talking out loud. My voice sounded like a computer. And you know, people have all these pleasant experiences because I looked into it. Oh, you're going to go see God and you're going to go <laughs> see aliens. And it's very peaceful and loving. Like, and my, experience, <laughs> my experience was not like that yeah. at all. And, but you know what? I kind of saw what was going on with myself and, and what I needed to do. And, and in the middle of it all, I kind of got calm. And I was like, I realized that everyone just needs love. That's the core of all humanity. Mm-hmm. And it's just love. That's all we need. It's easy to give to people. We make it so difficult. I was making it so difficult, making it about me. And it's really not. And, you know, when you're done, you're downloading all these thoughts for hours. And I went home and I was a new man for like five weeks. I was like not afraid to do anything. I was like loving it. I was like, this is amazing. I'm permanently changed. But then my ego slowly kind of sucked me back in and I started. I was kind of pissed that I kind of went away. But using drugs like that can be, you know, I'm just not, this is not willy-nilly. You got to yeah. have someone with you who knows what they're doing, and you don't just go do this by yourself. It can yeah. be really dangerous. So I'm not advocating haphazard use of this stuff, but it can definitely change your life. And it made me not care about what people, like what I thought about. I, in the middle of it all, I was like, Telling the shaman, oh, I'm so sorry how I'm acting. I'm freaking out. I'm so sorry. I was apologetic. And I was like, dude, you really care way too much what people think. Mm. You're way too much. And so I really let that go. Let that 95% of me doesn't give a rat's ass what you think about me anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a big relief off. A lot of yeah. people have that problem. So there were some definitely good things that came out of that experience that were kind of gnarly to go through, but in the end it was good. Mm-hmm. And so that really opened my opened my mind to, oh, well, what else can I do? you know, into the whole psychedelic world and, and researching more about that, how it's helping people. Mm-hmm. Well, mushrooms are huge for that. And you've, was it you that was telling me you've microdosed mushrooms? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, what else can I do? And this is, this was a cool, I want to go further. I want to keep growing. So I looked into microdosing and I learned about it from a website called the third wave. And I'll teach you how to microdose LSD and mushrooms, very supportive forums um, and it's the subperceptual dose. You're not tripping out. You're mm-hmm. not, you can function to your thing, but it does work in the mind in a very interesting way. Um, the psychedelic world and research right now is kind of booming. Mm-hmm. We're finding out that they're using psychedelics, uh, for the end of life, like cancer patients who have this massive anxiety about being told, Hey, you you have X amount of years or months to live. It freaks the hell out of you, right? Mm-hmm. So they're using study the studies on using psilocybin and the uh, anyway. So they're doing studies on the psilocybin in the end of life, and they're finding out that the transformation that happens makes them see themselves differently. It's a new perspective on their life. They get to feel that oneness. They get to feel that togetherness. Mm-hmm. They get to feel that their life was good, and it's okay to go. That this is not the end. That's beautiful. So they have a better transition in dying. And we're finding out that it's being an an immense help with people with PTSD, Mm. people with anxiety and depression. Like there's a big study they did on multi-drug resistant depression. In other words, many drugs didn't work. They had two trips with a guided psilocybin trip with someone at at your side on the couch. And you go through two journeys all fine. And they did 90 patients at the end of the year, 68 patients were still 
totally not depressed and totally not on drugs. So they're like, wow, what's going on? And we're, we've learned that it's interesting. Like, like, how does this work, right? Mm-hmm. What, what's going on in the mind? So they're doing functional MRIs on people, which shows the brain working in action, right? And they've discovered that there's an, an area of the brain called the brain default mode network. And this, you would think being on psychedelics would make your brain go crazy, like firing up everywhere, yeah. right? No, the opposite happens. Less. Whoa. You see decreases in certain areas. And the main areas you see the decreases in is the area that connects the lower part and the mid part of the brain. And that part of the brain kind of controls everything, takes in the data in your life and adds the emotion to it. That part gets slowed down. And the other parts of the brain who don't really talk to each other much start talking to each other. So you might have an emotion that creates a visual stimulatory process. So you might see an emotion. Therefore, you might hallucinate or something, or you might see a vision of something amazing. So your brain gets turned on more. It's it's fascinating. It has always has to do with the whole serotonin system. Mm -hmm. You know, LSD looks very similar to serotonin molecularly. Mm. So we know like all these guys in Silicon Valley are doing this because when you microdose, it opens up your intuition. You get to problem solve better. You kind of tap into the the other side a little bit kind of releases that cap off Mm -hmm. your brain that's kind of inhibiting you. Your ego is kind of controlling you. So you take it off and you're like, whoa. Like, you know, we know Steve Jobs admits to yep. it, Bill Gates, you know, Francis Crick, who who admits to being on LSD when he discovered the double helical structure of DNA. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So it's a very powerful way to open your mind. It's like, hey, mind, here's the world. Right. Instead of you being stuck in this. Yeah. And the thing about it is you're going to be shown stuff and it may not be stuff you want to see, but it's stuff you need to see. And people think that, oh, I need to do more drugs, more of these things to, to kind of go on my journey. It's not the case. You got to take what you're shown and go with that mm-hmm. and apply that into your mm-hmm. life. You know, so um, hopefully with these studies going on, you know, MAPS is the big group that's privately funded doing all the research that the government will hopefully... Loosen the reins on some of these things and let them be used for certain situations. Because, look, being on microdose made me feel, and everyone else who does it feels more intuitive and empathetic about people. Mm-hmm. And if everyone was like that on the earth, mm-hmm. what a better place to live. Seriously. It's, yeah, seriously. It's like the, it's like, I don't know, it's like a new way of being. If you want to put it that way, mm-hmm. I'm not saying everyone needs to go do mushrooms, but maybe yeah. they should. You know, I don't know. Yeah. But at least some people can start making changes on the planet. Mm-hmm. You know, I had, you know, about my combo experience, obviously. Yeah, I think I, 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 think I called you on my way home from combo and was like, <laughs> so this just happened. What did you think about that? What was the whole take at the end of it? Yeah, so I've done it twice. So for people that don't know what combo is, it's K-A-M-B-O, and it's um, it's frog venom from a, a frog in um, in the rainforest. And they basically they keep the frog alive. They don't harm the frogs, and they scrape the venom off of its back, and they make this little like pasty concoction and. The woman that I see who does it in Malibu, she does this whole ceremony. And I've only done it one-on-one. You can do it in a group. 
And you do this whole ceremony. It's like a meditation. You thank Mother Earth. She sings. She sings the combo frog. Um, I'm not going to do it because I would sound stupid, but she looks so Come like... On. Do she, some, do a little bit. She's like, combo. <laughs> <laughs> but she's like this ethereal being. I'm just not. So anyways, so she does this whole thing and then she sets you up with a bucket and you sit on a, mm. on a, like a meditation pad and, um, she's like, are you ready? And you're like, yes. And like, you're ready to welcome combo into your life. And she takes what looks like a cigarette and she burns some holes and you start at the bottom of your leg. And so she burns these three holes and she puts the medicine in and you, you're like, oh, I'm fine. This is great. And then all of a sudden it just hits you. And you start feeling really lightheaded. And so you go back and you sit on your little pad and you hold this bucket and it forces you to purge. Mm. And you just start throwing up or you have to go to the bathroom. It's coming out of both ends for many people. And um, you just lean over the bucket and you're throwing up. And it's the concept is that aside from the spiritual experience, you're purging the toxins out of your body. So the combo's goal is to get deep within your body and release all of the environmental toxins and the energetic toxins that are Mm. holding you back um, and things that are hurting you. And it only goes in to release the things you're ready to release. So most people on their first time, it's very surface level. For whatever reason, I surrendered. Mine was so deep. It was dark. It was thick. It was really disgusting. Um, but aside from that, I guess I passed out. She said I passed out. And I had this crazy out-of-body experience where I was watching myself and I just kept telling myself, you're going to be okay. It's all all right. Oh, wow. Like, let go. And I'm so type A controlling and I am so high stress and anxiety that for me, that was the most profound moment mm. and really shifted things for me. Because I was like, I am going to be okay. I can operate from that space. And my second time was a little different. It was a little more physical. It was coming out both ends, not as enjoyable. Um, But the first time was really, it was really powerful. And I'm glad I did it because it was kind of like yours where you're like, what am I doing? Why am I here? What was I thinking? And then all of a sudden you just have these crazy releases Mm -hmm. and it, it can be really, really powerful if you're, if you're open to it, if you're welcoming of the shift and the change that it can make for you. Yeah. So I, I would do it again. I, I have time before I want to do it again. I really want to do ayahuasca. Oh, wow. Apparently, there's this woman who does it where you don't purge. She gets a specific part of the plant. Hmm. And it's you go on that like oh, really? experience, but you don't throw up. Yeah, I'm not a fan of vomiting. Yeah. That's the worst thing. I don't need to throw up anymore. It lasts forever. The, the... But it's like five or six hours, I think. Yeah, DMT is a 15, 20 minute. Yeah. You're done. Yeah. But yeah, that can be definitely life altering. Yeah. Um, it's just being open to it and doing it in a safe place mm-hmm. with the right people. Do not take risks no. with shady people or doing no. it by yourself. This is like serious stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's cool that you got to see your type A self mm-hmm. like let go of that mm-hmm. for a second. Yeah. And that's it. And you felt okay. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I think. Um, I don't know. It's funny going on this journey with you. I think we're doing very similar things at the same time, which is why it's so great. And why I think we're closer than we would have been. Um, I just, I love how open you are and that you want to grow so much and you're so willing to admit your flaws 
and the things that you want to be better at to be a better person on your own, but a better husband and a better, better father. And, um, I think it's just, it's beautiful watching you grow and, and uh-huh. learn from all of that stuff. I know you too. I mean, I, I, look, I, I try to be as open as I can with my patients. I think that showing the vulnerability that I, I'm human, I'm just like you. I'm not, mm-hmm. The doctors are always like this. They talk to you in this real fancy way, these big words. And yeah. I'm not like that. I'm no. very like, it's the conversation with, with my buddy or my friend over here or whatever. Yeah. And, and I like to try, I do everything that my patients do. Like any treatment, I want to know what it feels like. Oh. And I want to know how it is. And from my, you know, and I think that um, going through the spiritual journey has been very eye-opening for me. And I want to let my patients know that that's something they can do too. Mm-hmm. And I think it's super important for them to do. Yeah. Yeah. So you've, you're going through the same journey with me. That's why we've had so many cool conversations. Yeah. And bonding times with our visits. Mm-hmm. And it's been helpful for me too. Yeah. And I know it's like not just all about you. You've helped me in many, many ways. So I appreciate that. Thank you for being here. You're the best. <laughs> you're I <welcome>. love you. <laughs> all right. You're welcome. Okay. Don't go anywhere. We're not done yet. As you've just heard, Dr. Lekos and I are very aligned with our approach to healing and alternative medicine, plant medicine, and spiritual teachings from shamans are a huge part of our lives. We also agree on this idea as well. Stress is a massive trigger for disease. So at the Platform Podcast launch party last month, we discussed how to mitigate stress and toxins in order to achieve better health results. Here's our chat. Dr. Lekos and I have an incredible story together because I came to him last July after Jordan had recommended him to me because I needed a functional doctor. And I'm not going to get too deep into what a functional doctor hears in this room because I think most of the people here already know what that is and what that path looks like. But as Dr. Lekos and I have been talking about what he is seeing in his practice on a daily basis, I think it's a really important conversation to have in terms of the themes of what you're seeing right now. And the thing that we were just talking about is stress. And as we all know in this room, stress can ruin your life, can ruin your body, can drag you down. So I I wanna start this talking about the stress that you're seeing in people and how you help them manage it on a daily basis. So I just wanna point out real quick, like I wanna point out these people who just right here for you. The love is amazing, seriously, seriously. I was just telling Kelly like a second ago, like she and I have this really cool relationship where we're almost like it's like almost like good friends. We really are actually. Yeah. And I've never seen someone do something like this before. Like to actually, I was looking through my notes this morning, my medical notes, and I see and I have a note like almost a year ago. She says, "No, I don't like my job. It's, I'm miserable. I want to change the world. I want to help people get healthy." And, you know, man, look at you now. It's just, like, insane. So I'm so proud of you. Seriously. Seriously. So, I would say, yeah, the, the thing I'm seeing in the practice is, like, no matter what people's complaints are, it always ends up being stressed is, is the, one of the biggest factors of why they are the way they are. So our bodies are built like, like cave people still. We're used to the stress genetically of, like, you're going to get attacked by a lion, and you're going to raise your cortisol because you're in fight or flight mode and your sugar goes up a little bit because you're going to run or fight 
And then you take off, get in the bushes, and you're safe. And then things kind of chill, everything's okay, you're on your way. But life isn't like that. Life is 24-7, stress, kids, job, relationships, pollution, trap, whatever. And we're always on the go, go, go. And our primitive brain doesn't get it that you're stressed because you're sitting in your desk getting pissed off at an email or you're you're going to fight with your significant other. It doesn't understand that you're not under attack by a lion. It still raises the cortisol, the sugar, the insulin goes up. And it's like that all day. Mm-hmm. So the downstream effects of the elevated hormones are, you know, your, your, your insulin stays high. So your diabetes risk goes up. Your brain gets affected because the hippocampus in your brain starts to shrink. So you get short-term memory problems. You can't sleep. Melatonin goes down. Serotonin goes down. It's your mood hormones. So you get sad and anxious and bitchy and irritable. And then you have effects with your thyroid. Your thyroid gets slow, so you start to get cold. Your hair falls out. Your thyroid slows down because when you're under stress, it doesn't want to metabolize. It wants to slow and build and be have stuff for you to fight with. So it gets sluggish. People get tired because their thyroid. And you see things like cholesterol gets out of, out of control. Blood pressure gets out of control. You see gut changes. When you're in that fight or flight mode, your body... It doesn't want to put blood in your gut or your reproductive system. It could care less about having sex and having babies. So your hormones get off. Guys' testosterone goes down. Women's hormones go crazy. And you have heavy, crazy periods. And then you don't digest because your blood gets shunted to your muscles and your brain and your heart and your lungs. So you have that. You throw down a lunch. Then you know, you're stressing out. Just throw it down. You keep going. Keep working. And that food's just sitting in your stomach. There's no blood flow there. So you're not secreting digestive enzymes. And now this brick sitting in your stomach starts to ferment, give off gas, you're bloated, you're burping, you got heartburn. So there's so many things that I can, you know, account for stress. Mm-hmm. So it's always like, okay, what do you do about it? And people are like, nothing, you know? And so I got to go through with you how to teach you how to de-stress yourself. You know, like maybe... You get up in the morning and when you hit your alarm, you sit there for a second and you make an intention for the day. Or you, you think about three things in your life you're grateful for, that something good that happened to you the day before. I don't know. But you start your day off with this certain mindset of like peace, calmness. Let's just go. Let's do it. And then, you know, I've had these executives who are just like going 15 hours a day and I'll make them... Um, Take breaks in the day and you have to like set your iPhone every two hours, go off. You got to like take a break. You're going to walk around your block. You're going to do some what was called walking meditation where you walk and just pay attention to your feet hitting the ground. That's all you can think about. Take a walk, five minutes. There's an amazing breathing exercise called 448 where you breathe in for four seconds, hold it for four seconds and breathe out for eight mm-hmm. and do that four to eight times. This has been studied. Cortisol levels just dip. You'll feel, you'll feel your shoulders go down, your back relax, and just do that every two hours or so to keep your cortisol under control. You'll have much more stamina, symptoms start to get a little bit better. At night, you need to meditate, set boundaries with work, with people. That's a big one. They go home and they eat, then they keep working. No, eight o'clock, you're done. Forget it. Life isn't about work. You know, life's about people and your family and enjoying why you're here, you know? So it's about getting them to think a little different about how they manage their stress and how to, how to set boundaries with themselves and other people. 
delegate work to other people. You do what you're really good at, and that's all you need to do. Mm-hmm. Have other people do help you like you're doing, you know. So um, once you can kind of get that under control, and sometimes it's out of control. They've been under years of chronic stress and their adrenals, you've heard of adrenal fatigue, of course, their adrenals are tapped. They have gotten cortisol left. There's no more fight or flight mode. And they're in exhaustion. Like you, you know, you, you had the same type of, of symptoms. So it's like, I can't get out of bed. I can't do anything. I can't deal with people. I can't function. And they're hurting. They're hurting bad. Life, the quality of life is zero. So you got to start building it up from the ground zero. And it's, it's, it's a long road. So my goal is to not let people get to that detrimental point of no return sometimes, you know. So... I think that uh, once you start to learn to manage your stress better and learn to let little things go, you know, my rule, I think I told you this, all my patients know this, but if you're pissed off about something, you need to ask yourself, is what I'm mad about going to bug me in a month from now? If it is, it's legit. If it's not, you need to forget it. Mm-hmm. Move on. Mm-hmm. It's not worth your, your health. It's just not. Yeah. Yeah. So when you see a patient, you see that their stress, bless you, you see that their stress level is off the charts and they're not meditating, they're not walking, they're not taking care of themselves. And you know that adrenal issues and cortisol issues are a problem. Where do you start with them in terms of the testing? Because I think that's one of the most important things you can do. At least for me, it was testing the adrenals, cortisol levels, and then the stool tests to really figure out what was going on. Yeah, so... So the, the testing is a big part of it because you're right. We, we look at your adrenal pattern throughout the day. Your, your cortisol should shoot up in the morning first thing and then taper off as the day goes on. And we'll see people with just flat lines. There's no response at all. And that's kind of where you start. And the two places you start first is the gut and sleep by far. So I got to get you sleeping because that's where you repair, you regenerate, your growth hormone gets secreted while you're sleeping. And that's where you got to start first. So we look at melatonin, we look at CBD, we look at L-theanine, we look at even marijuana. I don't care. I'd rather you sleep and take a vape hit or something than not. So it's the repair phase has to start with sleep. Then we look at this, the gut, the gut's usually a wreck. You know, we usually see a lot of yeast overgrowth with adrenal fatigue. We see parasites can get attached. We see the bacterial in the gut are off. And there's a big gut-brain connection. You know, when you get nervous, you get butterflies in your stomach. That's the gut-brain connection. But it can go the other way around, too. Your gut can be so whacked that it affects your brain. You get anxiety and depression because your gut is imbalanced. So we work on digestion. We work on cleaning out any bugs. We look at digestive enzymes. We look at healing leaky gut. We look at repopulating your gut with good bacteria. And you'll see huge changes. It's a new science, the whole gut thing. The microbiome is becoming a fascinating world where we're learning how certain bacteria bugs play a, a role in your health. So we're learning like this bug in your gut, if you got too much, you're going to get heart disease. You could. Or this bug, you're going to be fat. You know, we're learning new and it's a whole new science. It's a new thing. Well, Leaky gut, I've talked about this a lot, and I'm sure you've heard this from me on the show and from many of my guests, it's, it's a huge problem. And so for those of you that may not know what leaky gut is, you basically have holes in your stomach and things are leaking through into your bloodstream, causing inflammation and causing pain. So if you're not repaired in your gut, then you're going to have all of this inflammation in your body. And until you fix that, you're never going to be able to eat a food without being in pain. I mean, there's so many different things that can bother you. 
And for me, working with you, there was a whole protocol of how that looked in getting the glutamine and all of the collagen peptides and drinking bone broth. Why are all of those things important and also the patience of healing that? Because it's not going to happen in a month. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's true. It does take some time. It takes a couple of months. But uh, it's, it is what you said. It's about glutamine, collagen, colostrum, zinc, omega-3s. There's many things to do for leaky gut. But you have to get off of the foods that you're sensitive to. That's a big thing. If you guys are on leaky gut, I want you to imagine in your head a row of bricks connected to each other like this. And below the bricks are your bloodstream. And above the bricks is your intestinal tract. Nutrients are supposed to go through the bricks, which are cells. It's only one cell thick between the two. And then into your bloodstream. Leaky gut is when the mortar holding the bricks together is gone and now you got this gap and bacteria and toxins and crap is getting into your bloodstream. And your immune system is like, whoa, what is that? What is that? What is that? What is that? What is, that? What is all this stuff doing in here? This is a foreign invader. It's making antibodies left and right, left and right, left and right. And it gets overwhelmed. It's like on high rev. You know when you have the flu and you feel achy? That's kind of what's going on. Your immune system is so revved up. And what happens is you're at higher risk for an autoimmune disease. Because your immune system will get confused and start attacking you. It's going to attack your thyroid or you're going to get multiple sclerosis or lupus. So that's the problem with leaky gut. And so you have to find out, you know, what are the triggers? So, you know, we talked about, I mean, we'll talk about this Monday, I'm sure, but Epstein-Barr virus is a huge one. So um, when you're under this attack, your immune system gets so whacked, it can't really fight stuff off anymore. And viruses that you've been exposed to in the past can reactivate like Epstein-Barr. And now you're tired. You can't function. It's in your. Th- it's just a mess. So, you got to learn the triggers of the problem. So it's foods, it's toxins, it's bacteria, it's viral things. Plug up, put the mortar back in with those things we just talked about, and let the gut heal. And then your immune system will chill. We use things like curcumin. We use things like low dose naltrexone to you to calm that immune response. So you stop being on so high rev, because when you're high rev like that, you feel terrible. It's like you have the flu. Mm-hmm. I know that so many listeners and people in this room, friends of mine have texted me about their hormones and how to get that in check. And they've dealt with so many issues because of that, whether it's infertility or breakouts, or they're not having a regular period. All of those things are signs that your hormones are off. Where do you start, whether it's with men or women, when it comes to getting hormones in check and dealing with the thyroid as well? Uh, that's, you know, there's a lot there because you're going to have to look at what, what symptoms is the person having. So women are typically estrogen dominant. Progesterone and estrogen are like a seesaw. They should be balanced to each other. But estrogen dominance means you've got too much estrogen or you've got too low progesterone. So the estrogen stays higher. So we see that a lot. What happens is women have heavy periods, cramping, more moody stuff going on. Cycles are longer, heavy, clot, just not fun. And so... One of the things that the biggest cause of estrogen dominance in women is something called xenoestrogens. Xenoestrogens are toxins or molecules that look a lot like estrogen, and they hit the receptor and turn it on, even though it's not estrogen. And those things are found in non-organic food, so pesticides, herbicides, plastic water bottles, lots of makeups and stuff and creams and stuff you guys put on your body. You know, it's, it's going to hit you. It's going to get you. So you get this estrogen dominance picture, and we all are toxic. There's 
80,000 zillion toxins out there that are affecting us all the time. And our body has to get rid of that stuff. So these xenoestrogens stimulate um, these estrogen receptors, and that's why you have all these problems. So we work on detoxing, giving you liver support, learning to eat organic food, clean meat, clean chicken, clean eggs, everything's clean. Um, get rid of... So when you guys look at a, a label and you see the word fragrance or perfume, do not buy that. That is a massive xenoestrogen, and it's a big hormone disruptor. Essential oils are cool, but don't buy perfume or fragrance on any. You will see organic products with the word perfume or fragrance. And so you have to clean your life up. Soaps, shampoos, cleaning products in your house, laundry detergent, all that stuff has to be just cleaned up. And so we start there. We start with impacting your liver, cleaning it up. We also can do stuff like help you metabolize those xenoestrogens faster, those xenoestrogens to create an, a balance. Mm-hmm. So we work on that part of the metabolism too, or give you progesterone to boost it up if it's too low. Mm-hmm. And guys, you know, guys are most low, you know, we see younger and younger men with low T. Again, 25-year-old guys coming in saying, hey, I can't have sex with my girlfriend. It's not working. What the hell is going on? And that's devastating, you know, because you're like, you're in your prime or whatever, but, <laughs> but I mean, uh, the... It's usually with guys like that, it's toxins. They're super toxic. Mm-hmm. How, much plastic wa- how much water do you drink out of plastic water bottles? Oh, all day long. So that BPA in the, in the plastic water bottle attaches to our lytic cells in our testicles and blocks testosterone production. If you look on the bottom of a plastic water bottle and you see a seven in the little triangle or PVC in the triangle, do not drink that stuff. That is the highest load of BPA in the bottles. Yeah, so just be looking for that. Yeah, the more flimsy the plastic, the more BPA, the worse. That's scary. That's one of the first things that Dr. Lakos and I worked on was getting all of the toxins out because he looked at me and he said, what are you using on a daily basis? And I started telling him, he's like, it's all got to go. And that's what really spurred this on for me was cleaning up my everyday routine and realizing that there are so many perfumes and toxins within your cleaning products and all the makeup I was wearing, the eight layers I had on for TV every day. And I realized what an impact that was making. I want you, just last thing, because we're going to wrap this up. Dr. Lekos is going to come on the show on Monday. We're going to talk forever. So we're going to get it all for you then. But I want you to talk about just simple things people can do every day to be a little bit more health conscious things that are easy that they can implement. You talked about the non-toxic products, buying organic food. What else can they do? Hmm. Um, I would say work on your stress response for sure, which I just mentioned. So let stuff go, start meditating. I love brain.fm. Everyone should start doing brain.fm. It's a meditation. It's a sound thing that you listen to your brain syncs up with what you're hearing, these hidden sounds, and you go into this monk-like state when you meditate. I work in meditation. Um, I would say there's a staple of supplements I think people should take, like a basis, basic stuff, which is a great multivitamin, vitamin D, 5,000 units. I would do fish oil, curcumin. I love the Human Garage uh, curcumin. It's amazing. That's what I use. Um, And I would use... uh, a product called Liver GI Detox by Pure Encapsulations, which is to help you support detoxing those pathways. Uh, so those are some basic supplements to take and work on just you. Work on like, I don't know, it's about, I really changed my mindset about the body, body, body. It's more the mind connection is becoming so powerful. So work on 
you know, when you're in the world, you know, making someone's life a little bit different that day, like smile at someone in the elevator, you know, or that's a cool shirt or something, engage. We're all too like into us, you know, and it's like, that's not what it's about. So if you start working on your soul a little bit, it's going to open up for you. Your health will open up for you. It really will. And um, if you can't sleep, you got to really work on that. That's the number one of all is sleep. So melatonin, CBD oil, L-theanine, 400 milligrams at bedtime. It's going to make a big difference. Yep. Thank you. So I already said this earlier. He's the best. As you can hear, he is the best. But... For those of you that don't necessarily have a functional medicine doctor and are seeing traditional doctors, when I walked in and I saw Dr. Legos after a 45-minute phone consultation, I was in his office for two hours and we cried together. And not to, not to make you sound crazy, but he is so amazing at understanding what someone is going through and he's truly in touch with his patients. And I think that's the beautiful thing about so many of the people, practitioners in this room, the human garage has been that way for me from day one, where you can walk in and you really feel like you're being taken care of and you're being listened to and heard and understood. And that's really important to me. And that's why we've gotten so close and become such good friends because I appreciate even more so than the doctor he is and his knowledge the person that he is and how much he cares about people and he's up until all hours of the night taking care of so many people and trying to change lives so thank you so much for being here isn't he brilliant i love spending time with dr letgos because he has such an incredible grasp on healing from the root of the problem and how environmental and lifestyle factors play a huge role in our ability to heal or not Remember to find Dr. Lekos on Instagram at Dr. Underscore Lekos or BiosFunctionalMedicine.com. I hope you learned a ton and enjoyed this conversation. He saved my life and I know his tips can benefit you as well. Thanks for listening to the Platform Podcast and we'll see you soon.